A quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. This is episode 33. This is Mike Frost, and today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, all around this, and just provide you some information, some insights, some opinions on what we think here at Mach 1. Before we get into that, Let's welcome to the podcast, David, our CEO and founder. How's it going this afternoon, David? I'm doing great, and I'm excited about today's topic. We've been getting lots of questions lately about Bitcoin because of how much it's been going up. So uh, I've been looking forward to this podcast for a few weeks. Fantastic. And Matt, our senior VP, how's it going with you today? It's great. Matt's excited to talk about this as well. We may have some differing opinions on this today. And Natalie, Natalie's heavily invested in Bitcoin. (laughs) Oh, yes, you know it. Excited to be here. Great. All right, let's get this thing kicked off. So cryptocurrency Bitcoin, what in the world is it? Matt, a Bitcoin, is that something you put in your pocket? Help, Help our listeners understand exactly what we're talking about today. Yeah, so cryptocurrency, you know, Bitcoin is just one of the cryptocurrencies that are that is out there. It's the most widely known, commonly accepted, most heavily, um, you know, favored kind of cryptocurrency, I guess you, you might say. But um, Bitcoin is is one of the cryptocurrencies out there. Cryptocurrency as a whole is essentially, and I don't understand the the granular details of the technology behind it, but but my under, basic understanding is cryptocurrency is essentially a digital code that is unique that not cannot be replicated, and um, it acts as kind of like a digital coin. So, you, like you might have a quarter in your pocket that's physical that you hold and touch, and say that quarter had a serial number on it, right? Well, cryptocurrency is like that coin, but not in its physical form. It just has this serial number that is unique. Um, and there's a defined, apparently, there's a, a defined amount of these codes out there. And so, um, you know, there's only so many that have been produced and so many that can be produced. So as far as we're talking about Bitcoin, Bitcoin is one version of cryptocurrencies. There's right. several. It's the most widely known. And so it is not a physical coin. Right. So let's get that straight. It is strictly a a computer program. And we really don't even know who developed it. We think there's a name behind it, but we don't know if that's an individual person. We don't know if it's a group of people. It is a computer program, basically. Right. Okay? And, and now we've associated value to that program. And, and, and this is extreme value, too. Okay. So that's kind of like, what is it? So, Matt, Natalie's got all this Bitcoin. How does she go buy a car with it or go to the Walmart and buy something with it. Well, that's one of the biggest arguments against Bitcoin is, you know, the how spendable is it, right? If you have a lot of Bitcoin, how do you actually use it? And it can be used in very specific places in very specific ways, but it's not commonly accepted and commonly um, used across the board in most businesses and most, you know, countries around the world. So, in terms of your day-to-day life, 
I, I'm not going to say it would be impossible, but it would be very, very difficult to go about your daily life trying to use Bitcoin and, and have any kind of normalcy to, to things. So, David, I know you did some research on this. And here locally, if Natalie wanted to spend her Bitcoin, there's a couple of places she could go and redeem the Bitcoin, yeah. right? Yeah. Where were those, David? Uh, we don't want to endorse anything, but just locally here in Northwest Arkansas, you can actually redeem your Bitcoin in yeah, a couple so, of locations. Yeah, so as we, as we were doing this research, the two places that showed up that caught my attention was Vapor Maven and Hippie World Smoke Shop. So, uh, you know, what does that tell you? Um, so anyway, but anyway, there are apparently more than 7,000 Bitcoin ATMs in the United States. Those are just two of the local ones, uh, that popped up on the, the top two that I saw Vapor Maven and Hippie World Smoke Shop. So Natalie, there you go. You got a couple of places you can go and redeem your Bitcoin. Uh, again, it's a computer program. If any of us wanted to go get some Bitcoin, how do we go acquire a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency of any type? Yeah, so it's it's actually pretty similar other than one way, but it, the first two ways, there's three ways you can get Bitcoin. The first two are very similar to how you would go and get cash, right? So um, you could, or another asset, you could go buy it. Like if you want to go buy gold, you could just go physically buy it, you know, X amount of dollars for X number of Bitcoin. Um, you could also sell items. So say you had a, you know, house and someone was willing to pay you in Bitcoin, you could acquire Bitcoin by selling something and having them pay you in the in Bitcoin. But you can also, the, the difference, the very unique part to Bitcoin is you can mine it, right? You get caught mining cash, you're going to prison. <laughs> um, you, get, you know, mining Bitcoin is a thing where it's, they're essentially, and again, not being an expert on the, the details of this, but they're, they're mining this out these algorithms, these this program to create new Bitcoin. But um, David and I, we were just talking through how that's a diminishing return. Every Bitcoin that's created, there is a there is a defined number of Bitcoin that can be created. So every new Bitcoin created, it becomes more difficult to create the next one. And the mining piece, uh, if you think you can just pop up your laptop and start mining Bitcoin, well, it takes tremendous computing power and lots of investment and lots of time just to mine that. So for the average day consumer, that's kind of out of their realm. I mean, we're yeah. talking uh, sophisticated people that spend all day long doing this to, to mine some Bitcoin. So to your point, three ways. You can buy it. You can exchange your cash for Bitcoin via a computer program. Or if you want to sell something and people pay you in Bitcoin. Or the last one we talked about was mining. Okay. So now we know what it is. We know how we get it. So we get a lot of questions, David. Hey, should I be invested in Bitcoin? I think you might have a different answer than some people. So what, what what's your take on it? Well, I would tell you my take on it is the same as Warren Buffett. He says he wouldn't touch it with the 10-foot pole, essentially. Um, just because it is it is difficult for me to wrap my mind around. How, you know, where does this Bitcoin come from and how does it derive its value? You know, like with with a dollar, or let's say you have a hundred dollar bill in your hand. I mean, at the end at the end of the day, that's still ultimately just a piece of paper. But what gives it value? Well, the fact that it's backed up by the taxpayers and the treasury of the United States and the ability to, the ability of the government to, to tax and, and print money, right? Whereas Bitcoin, I mean, what, what is its value derived from? I still, even after all the research, I still don't, can't fully comprehend it. There is a limited supply of it. That, that gives it some value, I suppose. But, but ultimately, the value of any currency is going to be 
the ability to exchange it for goods or services. And that is the primary drawback of Bitcoin right now. It's also the same reason why Kevin O'Leary, the, the uh, what do they call him, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank, <laughs> it's the primary reason why he says he won't invest in it because it has very limited utility. Uh, there's there's not a lot of places where you can actually pay for something with Bitcoin. For example, let's say you, uh, well, let's say you own a home or let's say you rent a home or an apartment. What are the odds that your landlord is going to accept Bitcoin for your monthly rent payment? Approximately 0%. So um, if you go to Taco Bell to buy uh, lunch, are they going to accept payment in Bitcoin? No. So there's just there's just very limited utility for it. So as a currency, I mean that's the whole that's the whole purpose of currency. That's why currency was created to make transactions easy. So you you think about where currency came from. Back a long a long time ago, people bartered for goods and services. That's how they would. But how many you know how much uh, uh, if I if I uh, produce chickens or eggs, how many eggs does it take to buy myself a wagon, for example? Well, that it's hard to determine, right? But if you come up with a currency, then every, and everybody's got kind of a uniform base on which to, uh, a uniform value on which to base things, it makes all those transactions much more seamless and easy. So as long as everybody accepts that currency as a way to transact goods and services, it's valuable. That's the main problem I see with Bitcoin right now. There's just not a lot of utility for it it's difficult to understand and um, and it's um, it doesn't have it doesn't have the backing of any government some people view that as a positive I view that as a negative because if you um, like for example if you've got money in a brokerage account with TD Ameritrade like we use and TD Ameritrade went under, your money's protected by what's called SIPC, Standard Investors Protection Corporation. If you've got an investment in Bitcoin and someone hacks your account, it's gone. There is no recourse. It's just gone. So there's a lot of reasons why Buffett won't touch it, why Kevin O'Leary won't touch it, why I uh, won't touch it. But I know there's other perspectives out there. So, Well, and another thing you added to there, David, is it is not backed by any known government that we're aware of. This is someone that created this computer program or a group of someones, uh, and now people are jumping on it. And it has had a great run-up last year. I mean, the, the price of it has skyrocketed, uh, but it's also tumbled over the years as well. So it is highly speculative, to your point. But there are people that said, you know what? Here's something, it's kind of like gold, a commodity. Uh, the price of it has gone up. Now, Bitcoin does not produce anything. It doesn't have income. It's not like a stock or a, um, a company like Walmart where they actually create income. This is a thing, and it's a static thing. So, Matt, what would be some reasons you would, not that you would recommend it, but if, if people said, hey, Matt, what are some positives of Bitcoin? What would you say they would be? Well, I mean, it, you know, the the... Argument for it, I guess, would be a, it's a long-term speculative investment in the supply and demand of Bitcoin, meaning the supply of it doesn't change that much, if at all, and the demand continues to increase. So very similar to, like you mentioned, gold, right? When you're, I always tell people, I get asked the question about gold and silver quite often, and I, I, I never immediately disregard it and try to talk people out of it, unless it's... Um, 
out of proportion with the rest of their investments. But if they're talking about putting a small amount in it, you know, I said, as long as you're doing that as a long-term um, kind of hedge, long-term play that you think the demand for gold will be much greater in the future because of whatever risks may be out there today, um, and that's why you're using it, then great. You know, put a little bit in there, buy a little bit of gold. And so I think if you have the same kind of perspective with cryptocurrency and you're willing for that to be a terrible short-term investment, maybe be worth nothing in the short term or long term, then I'm not going to necessarily try to talk you out of it. If you're truly looking at that as a long-term play on you think supply is not going to change and demand's going to continue to go up, then naturally the price of it will continue to climb. Um, and there's all kinds of different examples out there, like real estate could be another thing, right? You go out and buy some land, you're not really expecting it to do anything for you long-term other than just increase in value. There's not any, any more land being created. So, you know, there's the argument for the long-term investment. I still think there's a miles and miles and miles that have to, you know, happen before we get to it being used as a currency, which I think a lot of people want to act like it is and hope for it to be. And we're light years away from that taking place. Long-term hedge um, on things changing you know if you in my opinion if you're investing in bitcoin especially if you're investing it in a big way then you are investing in in things changing systematically across the board not only here in america but globally of how we spend how we produce how we you know what currency looks like um i'm an i am a firm believer that things will change i'm just not a firm believer that bitcoin will be the replacement so that's kind of my side of why or why it doesn't make sense for yeah and just to echo that i couldn't agree more with what you said there at the end matt um it is a ultimately i believe bitcoin is a bet by people to believe that that digital currency and a lot of them are betting that it's going to be bitcoin that there's going to be this widely accepted digital currency that's used worldwide as we go into um, you know, perhaps more of a, a, a global one world government or something, you know, some of those, some of those things that people talk about my, and here again is where I have read my significant reservations about Bitcoin or any digital currency. Because if you think about it, the ability of any sovereign government, whether it's the United States government or China, or even some future one world government, the ability of a government to print and control its own currency is a significant element of national sovereignty and national power. So do you really believe that a government, either an existing government or some future government, is going to just willingly surrender their a significant portion of their national sovereignty and power to some mysterious non-governmental Bitcoin? No, they're not. And so eventually, I believe it's going to, it's not going to be Bitcoin in my opinion. It's going to be some national sovereign digital currency that I believe will eventually become ubiquitous, but it won't be Bitcoin in my opinion. Yeah. It could be wrong. And so our ultimate advice with respect to Bitcoin or any highly speculative investment is don't invest more than you can afford to lose. Kind of like you said. Exactly. And I think that, you know, along those lines, I completely agree in terms of, you know, it's, I'm under the opinion there's going to be some government out there either like you said that currently exists or will exist in the future that will ultimately control things that also doesn't mean on on the kind of the argument against this is um that bitcoin will cease to exist it just may it it, it may never be the widely accepted currency but just like gold used to be a widely accepted currency 
and it no longer is, and it's not worthless. It didn't right. go to zero. It's a good point. But you don't spend it. So Bitcoin could exist for centuries. I mean, who knows? And it may be forever worth something, but it doesn't mean it's going to, you know, infinitely increase in value forever. Correct. And it doesn't mean it will someday be the widely accepted form of currency. I'll throw a curve to both of you. Um, some of our research says, what if these creators, after they've created and it is widely used, they then sell off all of their Bitcoin and then shut the program down? I mean, this could be like a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, who I don't, knows? Yeah, I don't understand sure. the back end yeah. of it enough. To <laughs> I don't understand the back end of it enough either to know if that's even possible. But it's a it's a fascinating question. It's certainly, I would think it's certainly possible that they could at least sell off their significant holdings in Bitcoin, which would obviously drive the value of it way down. So yeah, that's a that's a good question. We should I don't replay. Know the to it. We should replay this podcast in about thirty years. Yeah, yeah and go. see if we're anywhere close to target. <laughs> there you go. Hey, the, an interesting perspective. I was reading a uh, a wealth of common sense. Uh, by Ben Carlson. He works for Ritholtz Wealth Management. I kind of follow him. I think he puts out a lot of great content. And he had this article the other day um, on the 8th, so just about a week ago. And the title of it was called Bitcoin is a Call Option on Human Nature, which I just love. So it immediately grabbed my attention. And a few lines here towards the bottom of the article he referenced, he said, Bitcoin is a call on human nature. And the hardest part about human nature when it comes to the markets is it's both predictable and unpredictable at the same time. It's predictable in the sense that fear, greed, panic, exuberance, and irrationality often rule investor decisions. But it's unpredictable in the sense that no one ever knows how long each of these human traits will last or how far we will take them. And I think that that was just very well said on yeah. his part. I really, I really like that. All right. So to wrap this up, we could go on for days about this, but to wrap this up, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, highly speculative from our point of view. As Matt said, if you want to put a small portion of your assets in there, and if you're okay with losing it all, then go ahead. It is not a mainstream investment that we would recommend. Um, so just know that we're not sold on it. We think we're way too early in the game, too much unknown about it. But history has shown it has done fantastic. You know, it could dive tomorrow. So. Only put in there what you can lose. It's basically a gamble. Okay. All right. Great job, guys. David, we have some questions today, and we have one from Iowa from Stu. And Stu's question was, with not only democratic control of the government, but the outright attack on conservative values and positions, what is the thinking of people guiding our portfolios? By the end of this year, should we expect taxes to change, increase dramatically? Any ideas on precious metals? With, will alternative energy stocks benefit from the incoming push to dramatically reduce fossil fuel use? Thank you for the question, Stu. David? Uh, great question, Stu. Thanks for uh, sending that in. Um, I, I would anticipate taxes to go up. Whether they'll increase dramatically, uh, time will tell. I My hunch is that no, taxes won't increase dramatically. Uh, but I do think that you will see them go up. It was, uh, I think even Joe Biden, I think it was one of his campaign promises. So I do, th I do anticipate that you'll see uh, the, uh, the Democrats in the House and Senate and White House try to push through a tax change, which typically, you know, historically, we know that tax increases typically um, are not good for an economy. So that could have a, a detrimental impact on the market as well. We'll just have to have to watch that. 
as far as our thinking of, of, you know, guiding your portfolio, our thinking hasn't changed. We, we've always said that it's prudent to be hedged because, um, the future is unknowable. We don't know, for example, uh, what we've seen since the election, which is not what I would have expected since the election, the market's been going up a lot, even though we've got a government that looks like it's going to be controlled entirely by one party. But yet the market's going up a lot. So that could be because people are anticipating lots of stimulus and spending from the Democrat Party, which in the short run could potentially be beneficial. Um, as far as alternative energy stocks, yeah, I think you're you're probably correct there, uh, Stu, that um, we could potentially see some gain, some good performance from alternative energy stocks with people uh, betting that perhaps the Green New Deal might go through. Um, so we'll have to watch that I, here again, as far as the management of your portfolio, though, our artificial intelligence strategy, for example, um, will be able to, um, you know, anticipate, should be able to anticipate those higher future earnings coming in and would automatically start to rotate into those type of stocks. If that's where the, if that's where we're seeing performance. So the strategies are, our strategies are set up to automatically adjust based on changing conditions and hedge for the unknown risk if some if the bottom should fall out of the market. All right. Thank you, David. All right, Matt, we have another question from Randy in Fort Smith. Uh, Randy says, how do you anticipate how the new administration will affect retirement investments? Similar to Stu's question, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. So great question. I think, like David mentioned, in the short term, it's hard to know. Um, there's history says that in, when any one party controls, you know, the market reacts differently and you can look at all kind of the statistics there. I'm, I'm under the personal opinion that, you know, the, the, the way the election went, the Senate, you know, Democrats controlling everything long-term, if that stays the same, will not be a positive for the markets. But I also think that in the, in the short to midterm, the market is going to, going to react both positively and negatively. Um, much more directly linked to how the monetary and fiscal policy is managed. So the supply of money, the interest rate environment, those types of things, the tax environment and some things that might be pushed through politically will take hold long term. But it might it might be years before we really start to see the negative positive or negative effects of that. If the interest rate environment, inflation gets out of control, those types of things in the short term, that's what could lead to a um shorter term market reaction, kind of a knee jerk reaction, in my opinion. So we want to be cognizant of all of it and know what's going on with everything. But in my mind, I'm I'm more curious on what's happening with inflation, interest rate environment, monetary and fiscal policies in the short term. Fantastic. Well, Randy and uh, Stu, thank you for your questions. Natalie, you want to share with folks how they can uh, submit a question to the podcast? Yes. If you'd like to submit a question, you can email podcast at mock-onefinancial.com or you can go to our website and submit a question on the podcast tab. Thank you, Natalie. Natalie does a great job producing the show and doing all the behind the scenes works to put this podcast on. Job well done. All right, folks. Now here we are at the end of the podcast. As always, we want to do a thought of the day. And this one's from Will Rogers. Will Rogers says, too many people spend money they earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. <laughs> so just be careful of that when you're thinking about Bitcoin. Hope you guys have a great day. And that's it for today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 
market moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mach-1financial.com disclosures.